Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Mojo in the corridors of blood. Episode four. In the shadow of the sex crew. Welcome, welcome, dear listener. I trust that you're sitting comfortably in your armchair by the fire. Yes, yes, of course. Please pour yourself a drink. For me? <laughs> yes. A very kind, a brandy would be lovely. Keep pouring more, more, more. Keep pouring down your eyes. Ah, that's quite lovely. Your health. Now, where were we? Right, right, the hospital. The hospital! When we last saw our friends Jones and Mojo, they were visiting their friend Frank, happily eating drug-laced cookies. When Mojo had the feeling that someone was dancing on his very grave and sensing something was watching them. It was, of course, the devil chimp Sojo, partner in evil of Valdemar, hiding in the ventilation duct, spying on them. But Mojo saw him. He's gone back wild. There must be some speed in this business. He's the king of the swingers, man. What can you say? I smell ice cream. The fools! They did not listen to Mojo, did not believe his cries, and this may yet prove to be their downfall. But let us return now to Valdemar's lab. He is pacing around, still trying to think of a way out of his sticky situation, running his hands through his mm, greasy hair. Sojo scampers into the room from a ventilation duct, evil excitement on his fairy face. Sojo, quick, what news? Another chimp here in this hospital? Sojo nods enthusiastically. Are you sure it's not just a hairy midget? Sojo shrieks adamantly. Ah, so, Sojo, as surely as the sun rises, Dame Fortune drops her pantaloons and shows us her delectable rear once more. And it's not Miss R. Mark. Sojo claps his paws together with delight. Valdemar slams both his hands on the table, clearly ready for action. First, you must repair the equipment for the procedure, where I ascertain the whereabouts of our assassin-to-be. Now tell me, what room was he spotted in? Of course, of course. Now tell me, was a patient there visiting? A man or a woman? A woman? Why, that is perfect. I have always been known for my <laughs> my bedside manner. Valdemar nudges Sojo conspiratorially. Well, I could not be held responsible for the effects on the little sweetheart's blood pressure. I will have the information charmed out of her within mere moments. The doctor rummages around on the table and produces a mangy-looking bunch of flowers. He walks off towards the passageway, running a hand through his hair. After all, in medical school, I was known as a Dr. Suave. As he leaves, affecting a would-be pimp swagger, Sojo sniggers behind his back. <laughs> back in Frank's room, nurses Bobby and Sherry stand in the doorway, looking pissed, while Mojo has leapt onto the bed and is holding a bedpan above his head in a threatening manner. His old woman disguise is in a bad way, and he is no longer in any state to fool anyone. What the hell is that monkey doing here? 
What monkey? On the bed. With the bed bun. And the hair. <laughs> that's not a monkey, that's my that's, that's my mother. Don't be an idiot, Jones. Do you even care how many health codes you are violating by bringing that dirty creature like that here? It's not a creature, it's Mojo. At this, Mojo nods vigorously, clearly feeling he's a, a cut above the average chimp. So instead of a monkey, we've got a gross-dressing chimp who is almost certainly operating on one or more psychoactive drugs. You think that's a good thing? Mojo seems to be quite angry at being called a cross-dresser, even though the current situation certainly seems to suggest that this particular shoe fits. Ah, oh, come on, look, girls, he's not hurting anyone. Can you not just stay? Do you even know what would happen if Beermont or Dr. Valdemar see him? Uh, Valdemar? Our boss? Strange, um... I've never, I've never met the man. His name carries a certain air of menace. Sherry grows tired of Jones's stalling, and she stamps her foot loudly. Just get the hell out of here and take the beast with you. Uh, come on, come on. Uh, is a bribe out of the question? At this, Bobby puts her hands on her hips, looking even angrier. She holds out her hand. How much you got, Bobby? What the hell are you doing? Don't worry. He's the cheapest bastard I ever met. Come on, Jones. How much have you got? Jones looks sheepish and he, he starts going through his pockets. He turns to Mojo and Frank. Frank shakes his head. Mojo scowls at Jones, shaking his head. Bobby turns to Sherry, looking vindicated. You see? He's broke. Always broke. He still owes me $20 from a date we went on. You went on a date? With that, if you could even call it a date. He took me to see Blood Beast as some scump of Bleepeat and couldn't even pay for the tickets. Said he left his wallet in his pants, if you can believe that. Good rest. That's the worst excuse I ever heard, even from a non-user like him. No, he didn't leave that in his other pair of pants. He left it in his only pair of pants, which he had his forgotten to wear. <laughs> come on, come on. In my defense, it was it was a hot and steamy July night, and at least at least my underwear was clean. Bobby looks sad, and Sherry puts an arm around her shoulders, taking her hand. It was the night that put me up men forever. Oh, come on, come on. Can we not just stay five more minutes? No! Get the bag of please the hell out of here! Now! Jones, Mojo, and Frank cower back from this outburst of rage. Frank looks around nervously. Gels, uh, good to see you. Thanks for dropping by. Perhaps it's time to leave. Jones turns around and looks at Mojo, who has put the bedpan down. Christ, Mojo, your disguise is ruined. Who's going to believe you're a woman now? How are we going to get past Beaumont? You got two choices. Grinning, Bobby and Sherry each haul up a bag, a filthy cloth bag with laundry on it. The other, a plastic black bag with garbage on it. <laughs> Outside, in the corridor, Valdemar is skulking, hiding his face behind a bunch of flowers. As he creeps, the two nurses come out of the room, followed by Jones, who's carrying the now bulging laundry sack. 
Jones hurries off down the corridor with the nurse's laugh and point. Hearing the laughter, Beaumont stands in front of Jones, blocking his way. Jones stares at him. Is it just me or can you smell urine? Beaumont goes bright red with embarrassment and rage. With his nightstick, he motions for Jones to keep moving. In the background, Valdemar creeps silently into Frank's room. He's still holding the flowers and he shuts the door carefully, quietly behind him as he enters. Frank is lying in the bed, his back to the doctor, partially hidden by the covers. Unable to see him clearly, Valdemar is still under the assumption that his quarry is in fact female. My dear, are you awake? Frank doesn't move. Valdemar slides closer, sleaze dripping from every pore in his body. Ah, the doctor has come to examine you, my pretty patient. Frank shifts in the bed, but he doesn't turn around. Valdemar reaches out, his hand shaking. Ah, you like to play games, do you, my dear? Well, I think you'll find I always play to win. Valdemar whips back the covers in triumph, revealing a confused Frank, who stares at the flowers in the doctor's hand. Hey, uh, what, what the fuck are you doing? Per Valdemar is rather flustered to find the patient he's been sweet-talking is in fact a man. A man! You're a man! What, what the hell are you bubbling about? Security! Valdemar's eyes go wide at the threat of being discovered. He holds out the flowers. I mean, a man! Of course you're a man! And what a man you are! Are those flowers for me? Oh, uh, they're for your friend who was just here. Perhaps he had an odd hairy child with him? For Jones? You came sneaking in here to give Jones some flowers? As a matter of fact, yes. Valdemar frowns slightly, then redoubles his efforts. Well, you know, I, I saw him earlier and I thought to myself, what, what a nice young man. You think Jones is nice? Oh, Lord, yes. Would it be terribly naughty of me to ask for his address? It would mean so much if I could just send him these flowers. Sure, no problem. In fact, it's a great idea and I'm sure he'll be flattered. He's always had a thing for older men like you. Frank writes an address on a scrap of paper from the bedside cabinet and hands it to him. Here you go. If you decide to call around for him, be aggressive. He loves that in a man. Don't take no for an answer. Why? Thank you, young man. Are you, are you sure I can't take your temperature? Oh, thanks, but no. Your loss, dear boy. Valdemar turns and heads out of the room. In the corridor, his face turns a horrible mask of rage. He leans against the wall, his fists clenched, muttering to himself. Forced to impersonate a queer? Me? The very spirit of machismo? A price will be paid for this transgression. A heavy price indeed. None will be spared the wrath of Valdemar. Let us retreat now to a considerably less stressful and less evil locale. We are back in Jones's house in the kitchen. Given the state of the living room, the kitchen is surprisingly tidy and clean, the washing up having been done and the surface is well ordered and sparkling. Strangely, there is an abundance of plant life around, including ferns and pot plants. Jones is at the stove, cooking up some hot dogs, when Mojo shambles in, wearing his butler costume. Oh, you're right, buddy. Oh, sorry about the whole sack thing. 
Mojo waves a paw as if to say, yeah, don't worry about it. What the hell was driving you crazy back there anyway? <laughs> Mojo tries to tell his pal about the evil Sojo, but his efforts again fall on uncomprehending ears. What? Seagulls? <laughs> Mojo is more indignant, shrieking and pounding the floor. Workshed? What the hell are you blabbering about? Look, how about we try charades? <laughs> Mojo hops up onto a chair and nods. He holds up a paw with two grubby fingers raised. Right, okay, two words. First word. <laughs> Mojo tries to look nasty, growling and snarling, taking swipes at Jones with his paws. <laughs> Rabies? But something bit you? Mojo gets anger with every wrong guess, and he puts more and more effort into his impression of evil. But eventually, he gets up, shakes his head, and holds up two fingers. What? Second word? Mojo nods and points to himself. Mojo? Mojo shakes his head, points at himself again, and makes a few typical chimp noises. Midget? Weasel? Pile of rags? Diseased children? Frustrated by his friend's stupidity, Mojo gives up and hops down from the chair. Jones walks after him. Midget Nazis? R rabid weasels? Come on, Mojo, give us a clue. Mojo waves a paw wearily and skulks off towards the living room, Jones following. Suddenly, there's a loud, insistent banging at the front door. Jones and Mojo look at each other. Now who the hell could that be? Are you expecting anyone? Mojo shakes his head, looking afeard. They creep down the hallway quietly and up the stairs. Jones and Mojo sneak upstairs to Jones's bedroom. A messy affair, film posters on the walls, and a set of Christmas lights decorating the ceiling. They edge towards the window and peer carefully out to see who's come a-knocking. Outside stand three strangely dressed men. In the centre stands the leader, a tall, thin man dressed outrageously in a black funeral suit with leopard skin cuffs and trimmings and a snakeskin cowboy hat. His skin is incredibly pale and emblazoned on the back of the suit in big red letters are the words fuck you. One of the other guys is even taller and seems to be dressed entirely in brown leather, his badly receding hair long and tied in a ponytail. The final guy is shorter, though almost entirely made of muscles shown off by the fact that he's wearing only a pair of Y-front underwear, covered by a long, grey, open trench coat. These three are none other than Bobby Hard and his notorious sex crew. Bobby Hard shouts at the front door, having failed to spot Jones at the upstairs window. Answer the door, Bubba! We ain't gonna bite! Jones leans out the window and shouts back. Bobby? What the hell are you doing here? I'm on an errand of love, Jonesy! Caramel, unsend me to pick up her personal effects. Oh yeah? Then what the hell are you bring these goons for? Goons? Goons? These ain't no goons. These fine specimens of the male form are Pete Screw and Thomas Van Manhood, members of my fantastic sex crew. <laughs> but it means nothing to me. Take your low-rent Germans and fuck off out of here, eh? Bobby Hard and the sex crew take a couple of menacing steps forward. You do well to watch your words. My sex crew are handpicked for their skills in combat as well as copulation. 
Now let us in, little piggy, for I'll blow your fucking house down. I've got nothing of hers. That miserable bitch took it all when she walked out on me. Bobby Hard stamps his foot impatiently and produces a well-thumbed notebook from his jacket. He begins to flick through it in a business-like manner. Uh-oh, Bob, that ain't quite the case. According to my documentation, you still got a television, a stereo, and a whole damn collection of sex toys, videos, costumes, and the like. The vibrators are mine. I paid for them, and I'm keeping them. <laughs> Mojo curls a jam donut out of the window at Bobby Hart, which narrowly misses. You keep a hold of that damn monkey, or I'll stuff him, and I'll give him to my grandpa as a fucking sex toy. Oh, fuck off back to the trailer park. How dare you speak to me like that, you goddamn onion? I, who have pimped for the royal families of Europe. I, who on more than one occasion have provided luscious ladies and magnificent men for Lucifer, the prince of darkness himself. Bobby Hard puts his hands on his hips and thrusts his crotch in and out a few times. Jones is not impressed. Get lost, you whoremonger. Go screw your mother or your sister if you can tell the difference. You watch your mouth. You watch your goddamn mouth. My mom was a saint and my sister's virtue is beyond. I say beyond reproach. You pimped them both out yourself last week, you moron. I slept with your sister last month. You gave her a lift to this very fucking house and took their money right from me. Purity is in the goddamn mind, you heathen. Innocence is in the spirit. Now you let us in. I got way more lucrative and more sexually enticing business to deal with than you. Ah, go blow yourself. Bobby takes a couple of deep breaths. Calms down, checks his watch, straightening the lapels of his jacket. You hear that noise, bub? Jones and Mojo look at each other. Yeah, it sounds maybe like someone's in the house with you. Jones and Mojo start to look nervous. You didn't forget to lock the door now, did you, you dumb fucks? Jones and Mojo spin around, standing in the doorway as a massive thug of a man with a shaved head and a large number of tattoos. His chest is bare, and he's wearing what appears to be a bear mask, along with a pair of jeans. Bubba, allow me to introduce Animal Spurt, a recent addition to my sex crew. I found him down in the bayou, hiding out and passing his days assaulting alligators. I took him under my wing, provided him with brotherly love and gainful employment. Animal Spurt makes a growling noise and steps towards Jones and Mojo, who back off in terror. Although a career in the sex industry seems to have soothed the savage beast, Animal ain't too particular who he chooses to dance with. I'd keep your monkey well out of reach. Mojo screeches with fear and cowers behind Jones. Animal! Lights out! Animal Spurt lunges forward at Jones and Mojo. Everything goes black. My God! What an unexpected and unpleasant turn of events. I do hope our friends Mojo and Jones are relatively unharmed. Now this Bobby Hard and his gang of miscreant perverts are clearly a force to be reckoned with in their own way. But what do they have in store for their captives? Nothing good, I'm sure. You'll have to tune in for the next episode of Mojo in the Corridors of Blood, to be sure. Whiskey Bikini Whiskey Bikini Whiskey Bikini Whiskey Bikini Mojo in the Corridors of Blood <laughs>